Welcome back to another episode of Five Questions with Frank Manger, a podcast born out of a quest to change the perception of what we see on social media. Life is not all about models, bottles, boats, jets, fashion, and people showing off stacks of cash. I'll bring you interviews with entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, business leaders, and others who will share their origin stories and lessons that shape them. Each show will give you a look into the lives of people just like you that have achieved success, even though the odds were stacked against them. People who you can relate to, who have been where you have been, and who are now where you might aspire to be someday. Joining us today is Abdurrahman Afia, the co-founder and managing partner of Eye2Eye Corporate, man whose religious decision left him homeless at 18. His story of perseverance took him from the UK to Saudi Arabia, which was filled with risk and the sheer desire to succeed. His story is an inspiration to all of us who have had to make life-changing decisions in our lives. It's one of my most favorite episodes yet. What's up, peeps? My guest today joins me all the way from Saudi Arabia, by the way of the United Kingdom. Abdurrahman Afia brings the show 20 years of experience in leadership development, career success, and cross-cultural coaching. He's acquired a reputation for his extensive expertise in prestigious and challenging projects and has been successful in providing strong leadership and training to culturally diverse teams of executives, educators, and administrators. He has held numerous leadership positions, most recently the Director of Leadership Development at Crestcom Saudi Arabia. And he's the host of Insights with Afia on LinkedIn, where he has quickly become quite the thought leader. Abdurrahman, thanks so much for being on, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, not, a, not at all, Frank. It's a real pleasure to be here. We spoke about this months ago, so it's just a pleasure to be sitting in front of you and actually meeting the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> and, and it's really, um, just before we get going, just because we, we did, we connected through LinkedIn, which is such a tool, um, but you are really bringing it. I mean, you, you came kind of, you know, like most of us, you know, people tell me all the time, <laughs> hey, you came out of nowhere. You came out of nowhere. And I just to see you're, you're everywhere now. Um, the, the content you bring is so valuable and you are such a thoughtful guy. So I'm really, really excited for this show. And I would I love, um, I would love for you to give just a, a day in the life of you, uh, who you are, kind of what, what makes you tick. All right, cool. No problem. Well, I'll try and sum, sum up a, a day in the life, so to speak. So uh, uh, living here in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, uh, I start my day about 4.30 in the morning. Uh, we get up at 4.30, everybody in the neighborhood, uh, everybody goes to the local mosque and prays. So we all go and pray early in the morning and uh, rather than go back to bed like, I, like, like sometimes I feel like doing, I get on with my day. So from 4.30 to 5 o'clock, it's really my, my, you could call it my spiritual time. And then after that, it's off to the gym. So, uh, you know, working out each day is something that really played a massive part uh, in me kind of upping my game and getting to that next level. So I hit the gym, stay in the gym for about an hour, hour and a half, try and work out in that time, not just to go through my LinkedIn feed. But genuinely, that's actually some of the time that I catch up on, you know, engaging with people's content. I often watch your videos when I'm, when I'm at the gym, you know, it gets me super pumped and uh, it is a good time to, to catch up on social media stuff. Um, then when I get, get back after that, I have my breakfast and then it, then it's down to work and work is for me giving value to people, finding people who need to develop 
the leaders in their organizations. And that's, that's my day. You know, whether I'm delivering workshops, whether I'm calling people, whether I'm uh, doing Zoom calls with, with prospects and clients, my goal is just to keep digging and finding people that need leadership development and then strike up conversations with them and taking it from there. I do that until the end of the day. That pretty much sums up uh, the working day for me. Awesome. So how, how, how did you get started? And I let the audience know, yeah, but you're, you're in Saudi Arabia by way of the UK. Um, yeah. And it's just, I'm sure it's been quite a journey. So I'd love to, to see, you know, how did you get to where you are today and, and such, such an amazing person in this leadership space? Oh, you're, you're, you're too kind, Frank. I appreciate that. Um, well, let me put it this way. If I go right back to where I was born, I was born in Paddington, London, 1974. And I was born into a really privileged, you know, I had a really privileged upbringing. I had everything. I didn't want for anything. Um, and then when I was about 18 years old, I ended up finding myself homeless um, uh, for about a year or so. Uh, I became a Muslim, hence the, uh, the rather elegant beard that so many people comment on in, uh, on LinkedIn. So anyway, when I became a Muslim, things didn't go so well at home, and I found myself homeless overnight. And going from having this really privileged lifestyle to absolutely nothing was, was a huge shock for the system, and I had, to, you know, I had to pick myself up and look myself in the mirror and really stand on my own two feet for the first time in my life. Um, I found myself all alone without anyone to help me except the person that I was looking at in the mirror. And I really at that point knew that I had to, to build something for myself. Going into my father's business was just never going to happen. Um, that was a dream that I always had, but it just wasn't going to become a reality once they kicked me out of, uh, kicked me out of the house. Um, fortunately, I met the love of my life when I was 19 years old and we got married uh, when I was 19. Uh, we've been married ever since, so that's too many years for me to actually uh, uh, even think about right now. But... Uh, when our first child was born, I think it was my first child was born, I said, you know what, London, England, it just wasn't the most, I wasn't, I wasn't enjoying life there particularly. It wasn't, it wasn't a great time uh, for me. Just, there was a lot of hostility I found. You know, people didn't like the, the way that I looked in London. Not everybody, but enough, enough people to make it uncomfortable for me. I said, why don't we go and just check out Morocco? It looks beautiful. So we went on holiday to Morocco. When I got to Morocco, you know what, this is, this, is, this is really nice. I'd like to stay here a little bit longer. So I tried teaching English because I figured, you know, that people were coming to me and asking me to teach them English. I, I thought anybody can do it. So I, I got some students and they came to my house and I started giving English. Well, I gave one English lesson. That English lesson was so bad that despite the fact that they had no other English native speaking people in that village, they still never came back to me for a second lesson. You know, that's how, that's how bad I was. I scared off everybody. Um, but I realized at that point, if I could teach English, if I understood what grammar was, maybe I could make a living for myself. Um, so I went, I remember I went to an internet cafe and, uh, I, I logged in and I started searching for jobs, teaching jobs. And the job popped up in Saudi Arabia, teaching conversation, um, to people here in Saudi Arabia, but they wanted a bunch of qualifications that I didn't have. Um, uh, everything they wanted, I didn't have. So I emailed the guy and I said to him, look, I said, let me start by telling you, I don't have any of the qualifications nor the experience that you're looking for. And you probably turned off your computer and you're probably not even looking at this now when I'm, even though I've typed it to you. But just in case you're still looking at the screen, let me tell you something about myself and why I think I could be good for you. So I started to tell him all this nonsense about why I thought I could be a great conversation teacher and I don't know what I was saying to him, but I believed what I was saying at the time. And each day after that, I'd go back to the internet cafe and check to see if there was any response. And obviously there wasn't. So about two months passed and, you know, I gave up. I didn't even 
think about that. And I remember going to the internet cafe to go and email a friend, and there was an email that said the subject heading was EO. I clicked on it, opened it, EO, employment offer. And I started reading this email, and it was saying thank you for your application, and, so, and I'm, I swear to God, I forgot that I even sent the application. I got halfway through, I thought, wait, is that a prank? Maybe, maybe, there, maybe there's some confusion, and then, I, then it dawned on me, whoa, this is, this is that job that I applied for. They're actually offering me a job. So next thing I know, I, I, I kind of got my stuff together, uh, went back to the UK, got a visa, and told everybody, I'm going to Saudi Arabia, I'm going to be a conversation teacher. That's all they wanted. And, and that was good for me, because as you can see now, I talk. You're probably going to have to edit this significantly, right? That's my ADD as well that I've got that uh, will make me talk too much. So um, I was happy. I thought I can go and teach conversation to people in Saudi Arabia. Who can't, who can't teach conversation? So I got out to Saudi. And when I, when I arrived, they said to me, okay, happy that you came. Um, just to let you know, all the conversation teacher positions are filled. We're going to put you in the grammar classes. And I remember I called my wife and I said to her, babe, I'm coming home. This is not going to work. This is not going to end well. I didn't know a verb from a violin. And uh, fortunately, they didn't, they didn't uh, expose me straight away. They gave me some training. And within a few months, I, I did a pretty good job as a teacher. Um, I'll bring you right up to where I am now in about 30 seconds. Is that okay? You bet. All right. Thanks, Frank. So, so anyway, I started to make a name for myself as an English teacher. And I found that actually everything I thought about my inability to be able to learn English grammar uh, that I acquired from you know, being a dropout in school, but I got expelled from every single school I ever went to. That's something you know, that a lot of people don't know about me. I got expelled from every single school from the time I was eight years old up until uh, you know, 18. I was kicked out of every school. My parents sent me to a school a boarding school in Devon that had no school rules. You could do anything. There were people in the class smoking weed. There were people drinking, you know, uh, whiskey. I remember in, in my maths class when I was 10 years old, boys were drunk. It was one of these really progressive schools where you could just do whatever you wanted. So they put me in there because the idea was if you give, the concept was if you give kids freedom, they won't abuse it. They'll actually, you know, become, you know, responsible adults. And even though it might have worked for some people, it definitely didn't work for me. So I got expelled from a school that had no school rules and continued to get expelled from every school I ever went to and failed every exam I ever took. So uh, what I did find once I got to Saudi Arabia, I think I was about 20, 25 years old in the year 2000, was that I could actually teach English. I, I was actually a lot better than I thought I was. And that's the first time I realized to my, or thought to myself, what I thought about myself doesn't necessarily mean it's who I am. There's a lot that I've still got to learn about myself. And that was a real eye-opener. So one day I walked into the office and a guy, I always remember him, a beautiful guy, he said, his name is Abdul Salam. He said to me, as I was going to my classroom, he said, oh, no, 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 Abdurrahman, you're the manager now. And I said to him, Abdul Salam, cool, yeah, I'm going to class. He said, no, 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 really? They fired the manager, there's a Canadian guy, they fired him overnight, they had a dispute. And the CEO said, you're to be the manager for now until they find somebody else. Just go and sit in the manager's office. And I thought, what? I had no aspirations of being a manager whatsoever. I just basically figured out how to, how to teach English. Now they're telling me you're a manager. So I went into the office, sat down, but just like I'm facing you now, a huge office, felt extremely uncomfortable, didn't know what the hell I was doing there. And sat there and did nothing for about a day and then two days and then three days. And about on the third day, I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to give this a go. I reckon if I put my heart and soul into it, I mean, my father's a big businessman. I come from a family of leaders and managers. 
I think I can do this. Let me give it a go. So for three months, I worked my fingers to the, to the, into the bone. I, 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 I worked every minute of the day for three months straight to become the best manager that I could. And I found after three months that I was the most hated person in the organization. Nobody liked me. Everybody hated me. And nobody would do anything I asked them to do because I was such a terrible manager, a terrible leader. And I was, I was that close to losing my job until one guy put his arm around me and he said, we need to talk. I thought he was going to fire me and he didn't. His name's Khalil Campbell from the UK. I'll never forget him, my first mentor. And he taught me where I was going wrong in terms of leading people and managing people and explained to me the difference for the first time between a manager and a leader, between a boss and a leader. And that there, that was the moment that things really, you know, changed for me in, the, in terms, again, it was another light bulb moment where I, I realized everything I thought about being a manager was wrong. It's not about telling people what to do. It's about so much more than that. And that's where my journey of leadership first began in 2001. Fortunately, from that time up until uh, 2017, I continued to get promoted and continue to find, you know, uh, bigger and better positions and opportunities here in Saudi Arabia. I never intended to stay here this long, but one year turned into two years, turned into five years, and then it became my, my second home um, to the point that my, I guess it's corny to say, but my reputation preceded me. So being out here, it wasn't too difficult to stand out. If you're in a leadership position, you're an English native speaker, and you kind of stand out and it's not just the beard, you know, there are opportunities out here as long as you're prepared to put yourself into the, you know, throw your hat into the arena and really go for it. Um, that's ultimately kind of, how, I guess, how I, I got from back there and more or less to where I am now. Um, there's one last thing. Should I add it on there or? You bet. Or yeah, let's hear it, man. I'm loving this story. Well, all, all I was going to say is that up from 2000 until 2017, Frank, I was really involved in uh, primarily education and higher education. And Considering the background that I come from, I told you I got expelled from every single school and failed every single exam. I, I was not a model student, yet I was working in universities as a director, as a vice director, holding really senior positions, which was always a strange feeling. But my heart was never really in education. My heart was in leadership development. That's what I was always doing as my side hustle. Uh, side hustle. So when I would do consultancy, when I would do training, coaching in my spare time, that was what I loved to do. It was all about leadership. So for years, I thought, how can I transition? And I saw your video, got a great video on how to turn your side hustle into your main hustle. That was a brilliant video you made. Thank you for that. And that was kind of the thought process that I was having back in 2017 was, how can I get out of this career that I've created for myself? I'm locked into it. I'm really good at it. And I've got a good reputation. People were hiring me to go into universities and just turn them from being complete war zones into really well-run, you know, organized machines. And and I was good at it. If, if I'm honest, I, I know I was good at it, but I didn't want to be doing it. I wanted to be teaching people about leadership and nothing else. And I wanted to do that in the corporate world, not in the education field. So in 2017, uh, when I got a new job and it was a good job and the salary was great, I, there were so many things I wanted to do with the extra money. I really wanted to, you know, I've been through some hard times before that. I wanted to splash out, I wanted to do stuff with that money. And I sat down with my wife and I said, you know what? How about after all these years of experience to complement the qualifications that I've got over the years, why don't I just go and get an MBA? If I get an MBA, that could help me to transition away from education more into the business field. It's going to take a couple of years, but it's an investment. How about we use the extra money for me to get that MBA and not only for me to get it, but why don't I pay for my, my oldest son, Abdullah, to do it with me? 
And that's what we did in 2017. Uh, me and my son, Abdullah, we both uh, started our MBAs at the same time. We worked on them together, blood, sweat, and tears. He did much better than me. Um, and he's now 25. And we both graduated with our MBAs this year, 2019. Feb uh, this year. Last year, 2019, February the 9th, we graduated with our MBAs together. So we went up on stage together. I got to see my son go up 10 seconds. Yeah, 10 seconds before me. I'll send you the video, actually, of that. 10 seconds before me, he went up on stage and got his MBA. And I followed him 10 seconds later, you know. And that was a, that was a really special moment. So then... Armed with our MBAs, I said, right, now when I get back to Saudi Arabia with this MBA, I'm going for it. And that's where I decided, with the help of a great guy called Ismail, um, he's an American guy here, he helped me and gave me some coaching on how to formulate a strategy using LinkedIn and YouTube by 2020 to be seen as an, uh, an expert in leadership development. Well, I started making videos and putting content out there. And within three or four months, that's where I got spotted by Crescom. Uh, and they picked me up and they made me an offer that I couldn't refuse at the time. You know, it is what it is. I learned a lot from that, benefited a lot, gave a lot of benefit and value, but I've also moved on from there now to bigger and better things. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, that's my, my journey from way back, I guess, to where I am today sitting in front of you. Awesome. And I'll, I'll tell you, you, you've done a number of things um, that people listening uh, are probably faced with themselves. So one, 18 years old, you made a decision that you wanted to, you, you wanted to follow your religion. Uh, you, you didn't, and um, you, you knew that there would be consequences, but you did that anyway. And, 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 and you, mm. you, that, that's something that people are afraid to make a move on anything. Cause they're like, Oh, you got mm. the comfort of this. You grew up <laughs> not wanting for stuff. And now yeah. you made a decision that, well, I'm going to be homeless. I'm not going to have all these great, the nice things, but mm. you, you went with, with, with you and your heart and, and you followed that, which people, you can do that, which is what you did. And you've ended up uh, obviously looking back in retrospect, being successful, people are afraid to do stuff because of the comfort. And you, and a lot of times you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. So you made that move. Yeah. Um, and then you, 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 you landed a job that you basically had no experience with. Um, <laughs> but but proved yourself there as a valuable member of that team and then moved up in ranks and kind of held different various leadership positions, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, you went and did something amazing with your, your son and got your MBA, which is awesome as well. Mm -hmm. um, and, and now kind of you took your, your, you know, your dream and said, hey, I want, I want to uh, train leaders and I want to be in this leadership space. So you've taken right. all these steps when you look back to you know, over 20 years ago, it was mm. it was basically a culmination of all these events that you did yeah. to get you where you are today. And that's what people, everyone wants overnight success. Everyone wants instant gratification. And you mm. look back and say, man, nothing was overnight for me. I put in <laughs> all the work. Uh, so that's so the story was great. I'm glad you really took some time to share that because Thank that you. yeah, you've you've seen so much, you've worked in higher ed, you've now, you're now focusing on leadership, you know, all the people that you've interacted with, um, all over, uh, not only Saudi Arabia, but also having yeah. experience with people, you know, growing up in the UK. What's, sure. if you could give one piece of advice to those tuning in, what, what would your piece of advice be? If you had everyone's attention, what, what advice would you give? That's a, that's a very good point. Uh, I think if I had to get, if I had to nail, narrow it down to just one piece of advice, it would be simply wherever you are today, it, it's not, it might sound corny and it might be a bit of a cliche, but it's something that has made such a difference to me. Where you are today, 
does not define where you need to be tomorrow, you know? And it can just start with literally one action, one step, and ask yourself, what can I do today to be better than I was yesterday? And that's, that's my thing, you know? Change takes time. You know, no ch- very, very, it's, it's rare that change happens quickly, but if you can just take one step today, do one thing to make yourself better than you were yesterday, then just imagine after a week, after a month, after a year, the difference that you're going to see. But the worst thing, and I've had it at times in my life when I look back, is when you're like a piece of luggage at the airport on the conveyor belt, you know, just going around and around waiting for somebody to claim it. It's so easy to fall into that kind of, you know, this is just my life. This is just what I do. No, it isn't. Step off. You know, I always have a saying, I say, don't complain, elevate your game. And that's just, it's a reality. I mean, I, I, you know, grew up with ADD. I didn't know it was undiagnosed at the time. I got diagnosed when I was about 25, but I would constantly fail. And it, it's not, again, it all sounds corny, but when I say fail, fail, like there was nothing that I could do that would go right. I mean, when I put my shoes on, they were clean. By the time I came home, everybody else's shoes were clean at school. Mine were just covered in mud. No matter, you know, no matter how well-dressed I was at the beginning of the day, by the end of the day, my clothes would be ripped. I couldn't have money except I'd lose it. I didn't have relationships except I'd end up breaking them one way or another. You know, Until I realized what I am today or my perception of me might not be right. How about I say to myself, let me try this. And that, that attitude there for me that's the game changer right there. You know, it doesn't matter what people have told you. It doesn't matter what you told yourself. What matters is, what can I do today to make myself better than I was yesterday? That's it. Well, I'm going to tell you something. This is why I think you and I, why immediately when I saw your content and I was drawn to you, it's because our mindset. So I have wow. my own personal philosophy. And mm. it's been this way for years, a couple of years now. Every day I wake up inspired to be a better version of myself. And I oh, do this wow. incrementally. There, there you go. Every yes. Small steps in that direction because I'm a huge believer in the, in the who I am today is not who I am going to be tomorrow or, or six weeks and, and six months and six years from now. And my past does not define me. So I feel like wow. you saying that really not only brings together the fact that why I really love your content kind of resonated with mm-hmm. it, but I feel like that's, it's not cliche. It's, it's really important. And anyone tuning yeah. in has to understand that. So I love that. Love that that uh, was was something that the piece of advice you give because that really connects us even more, man. It's Excellent, awesome. man. Excellent, excellent. So, so what do you? So you get to do some cool stuff. You know, I've seen some of your videos with the training, and it lo- always looks really cool. It looks yeah. like you really connect with the with the people that uh, you know the, the leadership that you do. You really like involved, and and you really get fulfilled. What is what is the fuel that keeps you going? I tell you, I tell you, it's one thing. It's it's, it, it's confidence-based. When I do what I do, you know, sometimes in life you do things and you're a little bit nervous because you you're not really an expert at it. You don't really know it. So, for example, I remember I've had jobs before where people would tell me, okay, could you give a presentation on the history of the English language? And I'd be, okay, cool, I'll do it. But I hope there's nobody in the audience that can kind of call me out on anything I'm saying, you know, because I'm, I'm, I know my stuff, but I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't really know it. But when it comes to leadership development, when it comes to doing what I do and helping people go from good to great, I really know my stuff, which means I also know how much I don't know. So I'm always open to learning and I love learning even from the participants in my workshops. I learn from them every single time. So it's not about 
confidence based on arrogance, but it's confidence based on competence. And I know what I'm doing helps people. And I've seen the change that has you know, taken place in people's lives, not just professional, in a professional sense, but in a personal relationship. I mean, when, I, when, when we uh, learn with participants about you know, listening effectively or communicating effectively or, or um, managing conflict, everything they're learning, we look at how they can apply it at home as well. And so I know that I make a difference. And it's that, I think, that fuels me more than anything. The moment I know I can't make a difference, I'm done. I'm out. There's nothing. I can't. There's no, there's no connection there. I'm not a university. I, I put my time in of working in a university, being an academic, you know, telling people the theory of things. I don't have to do that now. I can have a job and I can walk away from that job confident that I'll get another job or start my own company. Whatever I decide to do, I, I can do it now because I've put the work in. I'm not there to lecture people. I'm there to connect with people. I'm there to bring value to people. So knowing that when I set out in the morning, and I, and I hit the hotel, I get everything set up. It's knowing that the experience that I give them, I believe, based on the feedback, they leave at the end of the day happier, more confident, more competent than they were at the start of the day. So that means I made a difference in people's lives. And one of the most amazing things for me has been finding people in my workshops, Frank, who I didn't even recognize, and I saw a hand go up. Like, yes? Uh, you, maybe you don't remember me, but you were my English teacher back in 2001. I was like, what? So people that I haven't seen for almost 18, 15, 14 years, I found them in my workshops and they would tell me, and that was the amazing thing, they would tell me, even back then, they would remember things that I had taught them. It wasn't what I taught them, it was the way that I taught them. They said that I made learning fun. So seeing the, seeing or knowing that you make a difference in people's lives, that's 100%, that's what fuels me, that's what drives me. If I make a difference, I'm down, I'm, I'm there, you know? Oh yeah, I could see that, that's, and that's, that is so fulfilling. And, yeah. and on the, so on the flip side, a little bit you know, into the, the next question is, because of the fact that you've seen so many people, you've interacted with so many people, uh, especially on the, 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 again, on the leadership side, so many folks come in, executives and people that are in very you know, solid positions in corporate, um, what, what is the one thing that you see that you wish you could change? Maybe a misconception or something like that. You're like, ah, I see this all the time, and this is one thing that I would love to change if I could. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I can answer that that easily. Um, but I'll give you two two angles focused on the same the same change that I wish could be made. So if I could just click my fingers and make this happen, it would be this: people who front as uh, or people who sell leadership, people who teach leadership, but don't practice leadership. That's the thing that just really disappoints me and upsets me. There's so many charlatans out there. There's so many people out there. Whether it's a franchise or it's not a franchise, they teach the science of leadership, they sell it, but they don't live it. They don't live and breathe it. They're not living examples of it. And for me, that's one of the most disappointing things because I, I can see from being an in, on the inside the difference between somebody who believes in what they're, what they're sharing and somebody who is just selling, somebody who's just you know, providing information, but really has no care or concern on the impact it has on people's lives. There's a big difference. So if I could change anything, and I'm talking, of course, only in my field, in the leadership field, it would be A, people who sell leadership, people who teach leadership, 
but people who don't live and breathe it, they don't practice what they preach. That's, for me, that's disgusting because leadership isn't a science. It's a way of being. It's a mindset. And on the flip side is people who go to, on the other, uh, you know, on the other edge of the sword, is people who attend leadership development training and sit there saying, I know it all. I know it all. But then, then when they go back to their organizations, they don't implement it. That for me, those two things there, they pain me because I care about what I do. I love what I do. And I hate to see people who could be helped either not helping themselves or not being helped by the people who should be helping them. Yeah, great, great point. Great. And, and I'm sure I see that myself. Um, so mm. I'm sure you see that constantly. So <laughs> yeah, great point. And so, so where are we going to be? If you can look out and peel back the curtain and say, hey, I can see into the future, where do you see us going, especially knowing that you know, you're on this new journey yourself, um, uh, but where five, ten years out, where, where are we going, where are we going to be? What, what, what big changes do you predict? Okay, well, I think that uh, automation is going to be changing uh, everything. It's, I mean, obviously, it's already doing it, but also in my field and leadership field, uh, the, the time when you could, you know, uh, where you'll be renting a venue and booking a hotel and having participants come and spend the day with you, that's, that, that's really becoming a thing of the past. Of course, there'll always be that human connection, but the blended learning way of doing things is only going to increase. It's only going to get more. I mean, if I can join, just like I'm with you now, I can benefit from you by, uh, you know, by, by doing a video call with you. Why do I need to travel physically to come and see you? So I think that leadership development organizations that aren't, you know, keeping up with the times are going to find themselves almost like corporate dodos like Blackberry or Nokia or Kodak. If they're not careful, corporate dodos all around us. And um, I think that in terms of leadership and leadership development, it's all going to be about automation. It's all going to be about remote learning, blended learning, and uh, making or helping people to get as much benefit as they can is a, in, in this, a smaller time as is uh, you know, humanly possible. And whether that's through their mobile phone, through apps, all that side of things we're exploring at the moment, looking at how technology has to play a massive part in people continuing to develop as leaders throughout the world. So uh, from, a, from a leadership perspective, that's, that's what I would uh, say yeah. that answers your question. And I, I, I agree. I think the automation piece, I think the adaption, I think you're right. You make some points of corporate dodos. I think that's it. We need to adapt. And some, sometimes everyone's like, Oh no, we'll wait, we'll wait, we'll wait. And then things don't happen overnight. Um, we have, we have time to prepare and time to adapt. So love, love you're that right. perspective. Um, yeah. So really uh, great being on uh, where people want to learn more. Where, where are we finding you? Okay, so uh, I'll, maybe you'll put something up there so they can see it. Because if I say, if I say it in my website, no one's going to catch it. But it's www.adrahman.co.uk. But hopefully you'll have put a lovely little graphic right there so that everybody can see where it is. And of course, LinkedIn, uh, the hashtag Insights with Afia, as well as the YouTube channel goes with the same name. That's still got some work to be done to it. But yeah, you can find me there, obviously, on Instagram, abdurrahman.afia. I'll, uh, yeah, as a side note, I'll send you, Frank, all those, all those details so you've got them. Okay. 
Okay. Great. So, so while we're on that, your name uh, actually means servant of the gracious, which translates yeah, so, to the, of the, gracious. the creator. So yeah, love, um, I love that video you made about that. I love the fact that, you know, you, you were kind of affectionately known as Joe and Joel, but yeah. your real name. And I'm, I, I'm really, I'm excited to see that you embrace that. And that's, that's really cool. Thank you. I love the, the, the meaning behind that too. I think that's very, powerful. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank, Thanks for being on. Uh, really, oh, really great. Uh, glad to see that um, that not only you're making some moves. Uh, I wish you nothing but success in 2020. But uh, really, really some great insight for for those listening in. So cannot thank you enough. Oh, the fe the feeling is mutual, Frank. You know, you said to me when we first connected. Shortly after we first connected, you said you were going to make this happen. You're a man of your word. Can't tell you how happy I am to be here. And thank you very much indeed. And uh, love your work as well. You're an inspiration. Thank you. I want to thank everyone who took the time out of their day to listen in. If you like the show, please give it a rating. If you or someone you know would be an amazing guest on the show, head over to 5questionswithfrank.com for more information. I'll see you next week.